All right, we're back with another three-point range. We have uh, found time in our wild schedules here to uh, reconvene. So this is Mike Berardino, joined as always by the scout, Kimball Crosley, and the professor slash leadoff man, Tim Crothers. Well, uh, good to see you guys as always. I, I know that our listenership would probably be stunned to learn that we actually do some preparation on rare occasions for this for this podcast. And uh, this is one of those cases just in, in the sense that that Kimball uh, sent out some some potential um, ideas. I guess I guess he's not satisfied, Mike, with our uh, with our with the points we make. So he's, he's certainly he's not giving, mine. He's giving giving us now he's resorted to trying to to steer us in a certain direction. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, one of the things that on his list that he sent out was um, was just wondering whether whether we should discuss what's going on what's gone on at the University of Alabama and uh, and with their basketball program and specifically with with Brandon Miller and uh, and I when I saw that suggestion obviously when you know when whenever we're sort of culling through the potential things to speak about we're always looking for for the current events what what people are talking about and uh, so when I saw that suggestion it crossed my radar screen and I think I think the journalism teacher again and me kind of came out when I saw that because uh, I thought to myself maybe for the first time in in three-point range history that the best point that I could make uh, regarding that particular situation is that uh, is that we shouldn't make a point and uh, the way the way I look at it is you know I've been reading about the case uh, probably as much as 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 the average sports fan, just because it is compelling in its own way, and um, and the truth is, I think at this point we don't know all the facts. I mean, j- just just as as most as recently as the other day, um, another you know there was another revelation that supposedly changed the mind of of Alabama's athletic department enough to to uh, allow Brandon Miller to play in the game last night. Uh, and I, I just feel like we're at a point now where uh, where we tend to, in the world of journalism, we tend to, to just sort of be willing to pontificate on just about anything, uh, whether we have the facts or not. And, and while I feel like I don't have all the facts at this point, neither do all the other pundits and talking heads and that we're, we've become familiar with over the over the uh, over the course of the last few years. But that doesn't. That usually doesn't stop them from making uh, bold proclamations about about uh, situations like this before we have all the facts. And the, my, so I guess if I'm making a point, it's that uh, until we do have all the facts, I think we should all just shut up about it um, because we need to know before we before we start making making our own bold proclamations that about what what really has gone on. I mean, here's what I here's what I can say. Um, that, you know, I don't think anybody would, would still be talking about this, the shooting of, of this victim, Jamia Harris. Uh, and it happened a month ago, and I don't think we'd be talking about it anymore if, if the gun used in her murder had not, uh, had not arrived on the scene in a car driven by Alabama forward Brandon Miller. Um, and I think that's, that, you know, that, that part of the, that that we know that that's the one part of all of this that we that we do seem to know for sure and we wouldn't be talking about it 
if Brandon Miller wasn't the best college freshman basketball player in the nation and a projected NBA lottery pick. Um, you know, otherwise, I think you know, Jamea Harris would just be a statistic, just like uh, so many other innocent victims uh, of of this kind of crime. And I, I started to doing a little bit of research because this whole thing kind of pisses me off. And, and I think uh, what I've found is that statistically, there are 20,000 Americans die every year through gun violence. And so that breaks down to about 50 a day, which is about two an hour, which statistically means that that some American will be murdered while we do while we tape this podcast, and we take it for granted. We totally take it for granted, and I think there's been no better evidence of that than the reaction of of Alabama's coach Nate Oates when he first addressed this with the media, and basically said, and I, and I'm quoting here, that uh, Miller was in the wrong spot at the wrong time, um, which doesn't seem to lend much gravitas to to well, what happened to uh, Jamia Harris. And uh, and then I think that conversation led up, led on to him also, Oates also discussing what, what effect this might have on, uh, on Brandon Miller's draft status, which, you know, is just sort of criminally tone deaf in itself. I just, it, it's, it's really hard to imagine <laughs> that, uh, that we could, that we could be so callous to to what's gone on here that it it just becomes a a um, a, a, a sports a sports topic, but not but has nothing to do anymore with sort of where where this all started. I know we try not to get too political on this on this podcast, and so I won't dig any much further into this. But but I think that's the if there's any point to be made, it's that um, you know we have to remember that there's a victim here. And it's not Brandon Miller, it's Jamia Harris. And if you do a little look look into her history, she has a she had a five year old son who's now going to grow up without her without his mother. And and uh, and the only note of her passing um, that that we seem to look at now is the is in the context of talking about whether or not it was okay for Brandon Miller to play in last night's game against South Carolina, which. Um, I just think that's that's unacceptable, and uh, I'm just curious from from your all's perspective whether you um, you know whether you want to whether you want to comment on on this or whether you want to just uh, take my advice and leave it leave it at that. <laughs> well, this is why I assigned the real journalist the story. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a hack. I'm a former journalist, and and Mike is so busy, <laughs> you know, figuring out uh, who's going to be the long snapper next year at Notre Dame that he he can't tell uh, anything. Vincent. Go ahead. You're, you you <laughs> signed it. I think you get to go next. And then all right. I'll, well, I'll I I I will ask though, like, you know, and again, I I agree. I, I you know, trying to research this this story, you know, it's hard to find. Um, you know where the facts are, um, but do you not think there's enough uh, <laughs> of a smoking gun here? Enough uh, to say, hey, maybe that kid shouldn't have played in the game because uh, you know you don't think there's enough there that um, he drove a gun there and he was there for 
the shooting, although I, I guess that's a little bit, uh, it's hard to determine just what happened at the shooting. Some I've read that he was, he was there. So his car was blocking another car and blah, blah, blah. You don't, obviously you don't think that you think that, um, it's quite possible. He was just totally, uh, uh, had no, uh, uh, culpability of any kind in this. I don't think we, I don't think we're at, at a position right now yet to judge. That's where I'm at. Um, I think there's a possibility if you, you know, if you, if you piece together and it's all speculation at this point, but there's, if you want to, if you want to place it in the best possible light for Brandon Miller, that, uh, that he was asked to drive, drive to the scene by one of the, one of the two guys who's now allegedly implicated in the shooting and that there was a, supposedly there was a gun underneath some clothing in the backseat of his car that he may or may not have even been aware of was there, but uh, supposedly he never handled the gun. He, he may not have even known it was there. And so in that case, he is uh, some, he's basically just peripherally involved in this because, because he happened to be, be um, in that car as, as this all was going on. So if the only thing we know is, hey, can you bring my car back around? Oh, here's your car. See you later. So it's possible that's all Brandon Miller did in your mind. I think it's possible. Yes. Okay. I mean, I don't know. That's. I guess that's what I'm saying. No, and, and that's at and this that's... point, I don't know if there's any anything more to it. Right. But the Cause, fact, cause... what bothers me is, is not only do I not know that, but neither does do all of these other talking heads out in the world who, you know, right. I I couldn't turn on the radio driving to Bojangles today and not hear not hear somebody pontificating on this. I'm pretty sure they don't know any more about it than I do. Fair but enough. They're making pretty definitive statements Fair about enough. whether so, or not Brandon Miller should play. Would you say anything short of him just, hey, you need your car? Here's your car. See you later. Any other culpability like, can you bring my car with the gun? Hey, you know the gun's in the car. Bring my, or you're there for the shooting and you do nothing or you say nothing, you just drive away. Um, so would you say anything other than just, hey, bringing back a car and that's all he knew the guy should not have played and, and, a, and a university should spend him and say, Hey, let's, let's figure out what's going on here before we do anything else. Would you agree with that or, or not? Well, they seem to have asked the person who the, the, right now, they, all I can go on is that they have asked, asked whoever it is who would, who would charge Brandon Miller with a crime right now. The person who would be in charge of charging him with a crime has said at this, as far as I know, at this point, that they have nothing to charge him with. Right, as but charging as, with a crime is different right. than, you know, uh, you know, you're in university, you've got a, a star player mm -hmm. and, and he's, he's involved in this thing. Now, uh, the reason I'm saying this is I, I, I'm going <laughs> to go and tell you a little story. Sorry. But, um, and when I was scouting a, a f several years ago, um, there was a coincidence, a woman I knew was like, Oh, you're flying into, uh, I think it was, uh, you know, Tampa for just a day or two, and then you're going to be there and you're going to go back to the airport. Well, you know, my car happens to be at, you know, it's going to be at the airport in Tampa. Why don't you just borrow my car, you know, for those two days while you're there? And, you know, it's such a quick trip for you, whatever you want to rent a car. I was like, for whatever reason, I was like, okay, sure, I'll do that. So I go and I pick up this car and I'm driving your car. And at, like, the, I think the, the several hours in and the, after the first day of driving your car, she sends me a text and says, 
By the way, I just thought you should know, there is a gun under the front seat. I have a gun in my car. <laughs> and I, I almost just wanted to like, get out of the car right then. And just, you know, she says, oh, it's secured. It's in this thing, a lockbox under the seat of the front, you know, driver's seat. And I was like, no way. Like, I don't want, I don't want to be anywhere near this thing. And, I, you know, it's funny because I just, I think I was like driving through a pretty bad neighborhood at the time. And all I could think of was like, 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 you know, we don't get political, but I don't want to be anywhere near a gun because I know the statistics say, even if I'm in the worst situation in the world, I'm more likely to get hurt with that gun or, or do, get be harmed than defend myself. And and like I was like, I don't want to know anything about this. Get me away from this car. Get me away from this gun. So yeah, I get it. You could just say, hey, I, I'm dressed. I'm in a car, and who knew who knew there was a gun in there? Um, so I, you know, I, I tend to agree with you. You know, with everything you said, and with with everything it seems we know. I was yeah. I mean, would you? Again. I just I, yeah. I just put, you know, would you would you have wanted? If once if that story had gotten out, whoever whoever it was, whatever one of your zillion jobs you might have had at that particular time, would you have wanted your supervisor to consider suspending you because you were in that position? And I'm not right. trying to defend Brandon Miller. I don't no, know. I, no, I mean, I, I'm I, just I, saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We don't. We don't no, know I, enough I to make it to make a decision at this point. And and I think we. I, I you know I, I assume that stuff is going to continue to come out. And I'm not saying that. Yeah, in a week or two, if if something came out where it was clear that Brandon Miller was somehow, you know, a, an accomplice in all of this, of course, then no, he should I, be suspended I, without a I, doubt. I agree. And that's why I signed it to the professor. Now, I would like to pivot to the gambler because I'm sure there's odds on this, whether right. Brandon Miller is right. guilty, whether, you know, there, there must be a way you can wager on on the outcome of this event. Well, I, I did. I did. Uh, <laughs> no, shut I, up. Not on the, I, I was watching Brandon Miller uh, closely last night because uh, that was a tough road spot for the uh, Tide, and, and uh, they had to go to overtime. Very compelling game at South Carolina. He's very good. I had not really locked in on it. I, you know, I remember watching that Carolina-Alabama wild what was that? Triple, quadruple, overtime? four overtimes. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and I came away. For, I don't. I just remember we talked about that game even here. I don't remember us coming away saying that the very best player on the court was Brandon Miller, but uh, he's certainly flourished. Now, New Mexico State deserves to be mentioned here. I can't believe we've gone this far into a discussion of chaos in a college basketball season this season. And not given. I'm. I'm going to say that New Mexico back State, twenty years ago. New Mexico State this year. No, this year. That's oh, last, that's last a week. Thing. I mean, the day after the. In fact, the day of the Super Bowl, finding this story from the Wall Street Journal, and and the, the country is not nearly and not fascinated at all with anything about New Mexico State. Uh, but I believe that the people in charge, the adults running that situation that chaotic situation at new mexico state basketball and the university have have handled it far better in terms of if they've, they've suspended the season they canceled the rest of the season they had nothing at stake it's a terrible team but they have they had a shooting uh going back to november uh over at new mexico uh one of the members of the team uh and then also they had a, a cultural problem here where a member of the team said that three of his teammates had been hazing him in locker rooms for months and he went to the campus police. So they just shut it down. And um, there's a quote in here from the university chancellor who said, it's time for this program to reset. Well, that's how you do it, I guess, when you have 
the athletic department and the real world in some sort of perspective, but perspective clearly has been lost when Alabama is just rolling with it and uh, the tide is rolling and they have, they really could win the whole thing for the first time. Uh, they did move quickly. I believe it was at multiple players who are distanced. There's two players in particular, what miles junior and, and another guy, and one they, player, the other guy wasn't on the team, but miles okay. junior. Yes. yes was, yeah, so was they did they immediately, immediately kicked off the team. Yes. They yes. distanced, but now you've got something that's starting to approach a lack of institutional control and Nate Oates, uh, just, you know, he had to issue a statement. Anytime you have to issue a statement after uh, uh, basically explaining your original statement uh, because it went over so poorly, th that's not good. So Nate, a lot at stake here for Nate Oates and the way he'll be remembered. A lot at stake. Uh, obviously, we've importantly touched on the fact that there's a, a young child who's been uh, orphaned now and it doesn't, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's horrible. But, but I would encourage everyone involved with that who's just discovering Alabama basketball which is has not been good for not been that good for a while but this is certainly has the potential to captivate and will be discussed uh for quite a while all the way to the final game that New Mexico State uh it just taking just whether you cancel it whether you just postpone things for a few days whether you like that trip yesterday to Columbia uh, was was maybe that was one where Alabama just says we'll take the take the L on this. We're going to reset. We're going to take a deep breath. We're going to get more information. We keep saying we don't have enough information. I think the bit, number one point of information that everyone uh, with the pom poms has in mind is that Alabama is really good, and they kind of and there's a lot of money at stake. So um, yeah, I and I it's so far as, as far you're as saying as, they should have done something. As far as what we're allowed to talk about. Uh, in the media and the idea that people have knee-jerk reactions and pretend to be legal experts when they're not. Yeah, that's all shameful, but of course that's a whole other issue where uh, there's ratings at stake, there's a responsibility gets cast aside, and and, um, and it's not what Tim's first three minutes of this would have been a dreadful uh, first take because you can't do that on a show that has sponsors and wants eyeballs, you can't go on there and say, we don't know enough, so we're just going to uh, withhold judgment until we have further information. It's a responsible thing, but it's it's not. we're not going to see that ever come back. So, um, oh, New It's why First Take might have a few more viewers than we have listeners, but, yeah. you know, let's let let's still try to maintain our perspective here. No, I, and I, I think it's it, it's interesting just in, just from a, you know, to take it back to sports, it, it is interesting timing. Uh, just as far as as far as the college basketball season is concerned, because um, you know, imagine if this had occurred you know, during the NCAA tournament, what 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 kind of um, you know tumult there would be over whether or not Brandon Miller plays in the next game. Whereas right now, at, you know, assuming that we we do get some more facts within the next couple of weeks, let's face it, when Alabama's a, a top five team in the nation. The, the games that they're playing now are not really all that important. Um, the next few games, including the SEC tournament, whether or not Alabama wins these games or not, is not is not that critical. Uh, and and from a historical sports perspective, it's not that critical. So, my hope is that this thing gets gets hashed out um, from a sports perspective. That this thing gets hashed out to the point where um, we ha we do have a better idea of what what exactly happened and whether or not Brandon Miller should be playing. Um, by the time Alabama's playing meaningful games again, which won't won't be until the middle of March.
I'll leave you with this on this point because we, you know, we got to move on to point two in a second. Since I was called the gambler, I'll just share with you. I was, you know, is it registering with uh, the the AI that sets DraftKings NCAA tournament winner odds? No, not really, because Houston is still the favorite. But right behind it, the second choice, Alabama. Uh, you can get nine to one odds that Alabama is going to win it all. Uh, that seems to be a vote of confidence that Brandon Miller will just proceed with his life and his career, his one and done, his NBA all-star waiting for him, uh, number one overall pick, all that. That, that reality and will not intrude upon Alabama's dream season. All right, point number two uh, is Kimball's. What do you got? All right, so I uh, will go do some a different kind of bad shooting, um, and that's North Carolina Tar Heels men's basketballs. What was that? What, what, what kind of a segue? <laughs> Sorry, was that? Sorry. Sorry. We're I not going to do your point now. Your I point has been resist. canceled. I couldn't resist. It should be canceled. That's, a, that's uh, horrific. <laughs> so anyway, oh my um, god. Uh, North Carolina, one of the reasons North Carolina has struggled so much this year and finds itself in danger of not making the NCAA tournament after being the top-ranked uh, team uh, going into the season uh, has been their poor shooting. And we touched upon this, I believe, last time when we talked about you know their issues. And I, I really think so much of it has to do with their spacing. And then it's hard to have good spacing if you can't spread the floor with good shooters. And so, you know, I, uh, you know, every t- the more I watch them, the more I feel this is really the biggest issue they have. Um, and I know the defense has been suspect, but the defense has been suspect at other times in last year. And I, I really think the defense, you know, I know they can play better defense with with more focus and um, more spirit and more effort and maybe, maybe more belief in what they're doing, you know, and less down and uh, scared, you know, about how bad they're playing offensively. Um, and it is amazing uh, I do think UNC has a run in it uh, because I do think the shooting cannot uh, maintain, cannot stay this bad. It's got to get better. I mean, they've they've just got to have a good streak in them, and then I think when they do, NIT, they will, they will <laughs> NIT run. They, they will have a run, um, and I I think it's I do think it's going to come. Uh, you know, there's a couple things to it. You know, I I think. A lot has been talked about R.J. Davis's, uh, you know, hand injury, and that has led to his shooting woes. And I, I think that's probably true because I, I, I think, believe it or not, R.J. was the one guy that I really thought uh, had turned the corner last year, and I, I thought was actually trustworthy. Well, he, he has not been very trustworthy, um, especially of late. You know how I feel about Caleb Love that I just think he is about as untrustworthy as it gets, and and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he went on a hot streak or a cold streak, because I think he's such a head case. We know that Leaky Black improved a lot as a shooter, but, you know, he's always going to have um, that confidence issue. So then you, you go to Nance, which is, again, uh, Pete Nance has been, I think, the biggest difference in this year's club and last year's club, the difference between him and and Manic and, and what, it, what a difference it is. And do you know, boys, without researching, Mike, what – when Nance uh, last year, hello uh, friends. What what what, what Nance shot last year from three? Do either of you know? He was close to a forty percent shooter from three. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think the last two years 
in a different school. He was 38% in Northwestern, right? For, mm -hmm. Northwestern, 45%. That tells you all you need to know about Pete Nansen. He leaves yeah. and Northwestern takes off. That's <laughs> yeah. all you need well, to know. No, I think he's a bad player. Like, I think he's, I've talked about this. You know, he's, he's even less, he makes Manic look athletic. He's, he's so awkward. He, he's not good defensively, but I did think they, they thought he was sort of a, a similar type stretch for. And the funny part is he's been such a bad shooter. Now, I don't know if you can guess what he's shooting this year because it feels like it's 10%. It feels like maybe he, I can remember, like, I think there was one game he made one a few years, weeks ago. But do you, do you, do you I know? I think it's under 30% from three. Yeah, it's 28. But again, that I'm surprised it's that high because it feels like I could count on one hand the times I've seen him take that awkward shot. And that's the funny part. Usually, you know, a good shooter is good for him, but he doesn't. Um, and so I, I was surprised to see that he even shot that well. And I will say this, it's not like competition. Like if he was shooting better from two or if he had averaged, you know, this many points in another school, that'd be different. But it's not like he's not shooting open threes. I doubt he was even more open at Northwestern than he is this year. Like he he's, he's open. He's not shooting bad threes and forcing them up as sometimes love will do. So I just think it's possible, even though I don't like his form, that he will... He will um, get better. And I just think so much of it is they just need to have the pressure off them. And now I don't know if the pressure is ever going to be off this team because they're in such a hole that, that you know, I don't know if they'll ever not be. Don't um, say must win. <laughs> I'm not going to say must win. But I don't know if they'll ever feel like, you know, what happened last year was at some point they became the underdog, right? That especially like thinking to their wins against Duke, you know, um, late in the year so little was expected of them by that point even into the in that ncaa semifinal that i just think they they had that underdog mentality and i really think so much of shooting in basketball is just not having that that conscious that fear of missing well they look like every shot they take they've got the weight of the world and the weight of their season and that's strange too because you know i think hubert davis is a good shooting coach i think that was kind of one of the things that seemed he seemed to do well when he was assistant and and that's kind of been his bread and butter. And obviously, he was a great shooter. Uh, the shooting, the spacing will help get make Baycott look better, even though I think what we're finding is that Baycott, you know, benefited last year from being the one big guy on the floor, and he got a lot of easy baskets. And we see that he's really, you know, an awkward player himself. He, it's a, I'm amazed, actually, when he does get his footwork right and make plays. Um, going to the coaching, I actually don't, I'm not blaming Hubert for this. I really, I, I I sit there and I watch the team and I go, I don't know what he can really do. It looks like he's trying to change up and use different sets. He's getting a lot of crap for not using the bench, but face it, those bench players stink when they come in. They only make it worse. The the one guy I might want to see a little bit more of is is Washington because I it does seem like even though he's he's weak and a little awkward himself, he looks like he can he can shoot and and it certainly doesn't seem like there much be much downside in him playing, you know, uh, when Baycott's not in there instead of Nance and maybe nickel but not at the off guard but maybe playing a small lineup and getting Nance out of there and and playing nickel at maybe a small forward and seeing if there's a guy you can match him up with, you know. Um, but other than that, like. They, they've tried things. I know they have trouble on defense with ball screens, but they've tried to defend those differently at times. You're limited in some ways with what you can do with your personnel. You know, with a big guy like Baycott, who you're afraid to get in foul trouble is so valuable to the team. And 
he can't really protect the rim as much as you would like or he needs to. You know, again, a lack of depth there makes that hard. Caleb Love is always going to make some dumb plays and some lazy plays. But I think, what is he doing? I think there's a run there. And and now I will say, to conclude my point, I'm seeing a run. I'm seeing everyone getting excited, like, here we go again. And then I'm seeing it collapse, you know, at some point where they, like, and like the Baylor game last year where they pulled it off and they got their breaks. Oh. This year, there won't be that moment. But I do, that is my prediction. And that is the end of my silly What point. was the prediction? They will go on a, a run. I, I think they'll make the define, tournament. I think Define run. Sweet 16? Uh, I think. What's a run? I think. Let me say, a run might be an ACC tournament title that gets them into mm-hmm. the tournament. Mm-hmm. Or just, you know, maybe, maybe, even though I think, obviously, Atticus's school didn't do them any favors by beating Virginia the other night. Now it's going to be tough to beat Virginia, but I would have thought maybe they'll go and knock off Virginia, finally get a quality win, you know, and then maybe beat Duke and, you know, maybe end the season on a high note and then have some success in the ACC tournament. But it's it's harder to find, but I, I will say there'll be, there's going to be an uptick, whereas everyone's saying that they're, it's looking bleak. They will make a run. They will make the tournament somehow in that run, whether it's finishing strong, regular season ACC tournament, but there will be a spanking at the end. Mike, was there some, were you trying to count? Was there some commentary you were you trying doing, to make Mike? there during that? Oh, during you couldn't that? hear it. I was playing uh, uh, Hubert Davis. It's live action, Tracy uh, sound clip from. Uh, <laughs> we couldn't hear it. Jim, no, couldn't, couldn't hear, hear it. it. But couldn't thank you for that. Oh, I was playing it through the, through the uh, Yeti. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say, but uh, I don't want to really talk about that one anymore. As we, I think we've uh, extended. You gotta let Tim chime in. He's right down there. He's close to it. Tim certainly can. I'll say this: two minutes. I hope there's. I hope that we have a listenership that is that is uh, excited to talk about about the Tar Heels because we certainly do spend a disproportionate amount of time talking about a team that that isn't even in the top twenty-five. But but I also we do. I also wonder, Kimball, were you were you listening to the podcast last week by any chance? When I talked about bad spacing, yes. Well, but no, when I when I when I no explained all of this, I explained all the the problem. And if, did I don't know whether you watched the game last night, but uh, awful. A lot of what happened, a lot of what I would characterize as being the problem for the reason they shot eighteen percent in the first first half is because they didn't have. They had exactly zero assists, and I, I feel like the, part of the reason why UNC no. is shooting so poorly right now is because so many of their shots are rushed and panicked at the I, end of the see, shot I, clock. I really, I, I really think you know, assists can be a result. I, I don't think they're not trying to share the ball. They zip the ball around a lot, like you know, but it, only around the perimeter. Where when you watch well, but, watch other but, teams and they're they're driving and dishing for the layups. How it's hard to drive happen? and dish. It's hard to drive and dish when people are clogging the middle. It's hard to right. go and people are always like, "Good bake out the ball." When they throw bake out the ball, he's double teamed, and then he awkwardly has to pass it out. And it's hard to pass it out when you don't have the floor spaced well. And teams right. aren't. And, and again, it all starts with spacing. I'm telling you that you, you can even see what Hubert's trying to do. He's trying to go high low so you don't get the double team come as much. But then Nance is so bad, like it's hard to guard him. And, and even though I got credit for a couple of good passes last night, I was like. If you saw the, you know, I I thought those passes were like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> what's he doing? So I, I think it's really about the spacing. I don't think it's it's no point guard. And I don't think it's those things. I think when you shoot better 
and they got to guard you more, they're spacing. Now, maybe Nance and Leakey and Narjay and Caleb will continue to shoot awfully, and it will never happen. But that's my point. I think they are, they will have a little hot streak in them, and it'll be like, oh, my God, they're usually so bad. And look at this. Bang, bang, bang. Okay. Mm. Pixie dust. Mm. Maybe there'll be some pixie dust. Well, uh, that was two-point range. We thank you for listening. Uh, uh, seriously, uh, that was I think we've covered it all in the two points. And uh, what? we'll just leave it at that. No, uh, we break and we come done. back for your we're third done. point. Uh, we're, we're in our final minutes here. I'm going to go get something to eat here. And, uh, uh, and you have a, a good rest of the day. I'm glad we got all that uh, out there. And uh, for the scout, Kemble Crosley, and the professor... Tim Crothers, this is Mike Berardino signing off. We'll see you next time.